One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 2 minutes past 4, Max Rush and Charlie Baker with you for the H&J Daily. Here's Charlie to tell you what's coming up. We had the man who tried to grow the world's biggest marrow, which didn't, didn't happen because he didn't use the correct seeds, in my opinion, which we had a massive discussion about, we did, yeah. didn't we, Max? Yeah. And um, the Italian test for Luis Suarez. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, our bits, were they good enough? Oh, see, they, oh, behind the glass, through the glass, I thought it was some really good vignettes. <laughs> through the glass, not interested. They were like, just get on with it. A lot of people cheating. Yeah. Oh, we didn't do the 11 we were going to do. Oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Max. Um, so, yeah, the Suarez story in the papers today, it's, it's oh, great, yeah. isn't it? And, and I suppose we knew he didn't have a great command of Italian when, <laughs> to get his point across to Giorgio Chiellini, he thought, I, I don't know how to express this in words. I'm just going to bite him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this uh, university in the Italian city of Perugia has said it followed the correct procedures after authorities announced an investigation into whether it helped uh, Luis Suarez cheat in an Italian language of exam. He sat the exam last week at the friendly-sounding University for Foreigners. <laughs> is that what it's called? What it's called? Where is it, Kent? Anyway, keep, them over, keep, keep them over there. Keep them over there. Don't let them in. The, the, the polytechnic of sending them back where they came from. Anyway, he sat the exam last week at the University for Foreigners. Uh, it's a requirement for his Italian citizenship application, which would have given him a European passport. That would have helped that transfer to oh. Juventus. Looks like he's joining Atleti anyway. Um, but they said, uh, they said in relation to the investigations in progress, the University for Foreigners reaffirms <laughs> the correctness and transparency of procedures that were followed for the examination taken by footballer Luis Suarez. Trust that this will emerge quickly from the checks that are in progress, the university said. Authorities in Perugia are investigating the university's director and general director, but not Luis Suarez, right? He is innocent of anything. Okay. He, apparently, allegedly, it says, his exam questions and grade were fixed the week before he took the test. Uh, from the investigation, it's emerged that the themes covered by the exam were previously agreed with the candidates. That's yeah. a nice way of examining something. What questions would you like, Mr. <laughs> Suarez? I'd like this. I'd like to. How? I'd like a. I'm going to buy a ham sandwich and a return ticket to Turin. Um, and a relative grade was attributed even before, uh, despite the candidate having been found to have an elementary knowledge of the Italian language during distance le- lessons held by university teachers. Now, reports in the Italian press, which may be complete nonsense, claim his tutor told an examiner he could not utter a word of Italian. <laughs> so needed help oh. to pass. Um, he needed his B1 document. That is a document required to show Italian language. So you have to have some basic Italian yeah, to go exactly. and play for Juventus. Yeah. Prego, 
there we are. Any pasta. Come stay. Uh, American hot. <laughs> I'm well, okay. <laughs> so anyway, so so we will do a uh, we'll do an amnesty today. Dough balls. Uh, dough balls is not <laughs> that is not Italian. <laughs> Charlie said. It. Charlie said before the show. Why don't we try and get the exam? Was yeah, get hold of the exam. You, I'd you love to go at the exam. You don't speak any Italian, do you? Um, petit peu? <laughs> no, one seventy-five. <laughs> um, anyway, so so we'll take uh, uh, we'll take your texts and tweets and uh, about those about cheating uh, calls if they're really good ones as well. Uh, we... I didn't cheat on my driving test, but on my driving test we were. I reversed around the corner without looking behind myself because I was confident. <laughs> that's very kind of that's very kind of like a, a getaway driver in yeah, a robbery, isn't it? I was good. At, I'm a good driver, and then but the um, examiner went, "You didn't look behind you." You didn't lose any mirrors or anything. You didn't look behind you. I went, oh, right. Oh. I said, oh, I've failed. And he went, oh, go on, drive on. We'll see how you get <laughs> oh, on. And good. anyway, it turned out he knew my dad. Oh, really <laughs> Which good. is very good, isn't it? I have so, a couple. That, is that cheating or living? I, that's I, cheating. That cheating. I, um, I don't know if this is cheating, but I sat next to Tom Furness in primary school. That was hot. That was, was, spe- <laughs> was a spelling test. Good in winter. It was a, spe- <laughs> it was a spelling test. And I said to him, look, I'll mark... I mean, you mark each other's, right? I said, I'll mark yours all right if you mark mine all right. All right. But his spelling was so bad. Oh, I was Max, like, I'm not giving... That's I'm not, no good. Oh, no, that's it's a, really you're bad. a terrible friend. So he gave me 20 out of 20. I'd have got about 17 anyway, but he only got about four. I was like, that's not good enough. You're a terrible friend, Max. Even worse. How about Mm. this? We had for music composition, right? I came in and I'm losing the audience uh, now. (laughs) That's fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) They all know I'm a man of the people. (laughs) Okay. Right? Music composition, you had to come in and you had to write, you should write a piece of music. And I came in and I'd pretended that I wrote Summer Lovin' from Greece, oh, right? I could Max. play it on the piano. And uh, and then Phil Durrant complained it was Summer Lovin' from Greece. And I said, no, it isn't. And I got an A for that. So I'd like to apologise. Uh, this look, should be look, rescinded. Look, I, I'd like to be absolved, right? If this okay. is an amnesty. Uh, I'm, I'm absolving you of the Summer Lovin' one. I'm yeah. not absolving you of your marking your friend's paper, agreeing on a deal, and then you backing out of the deal. Not, I'm not, I'm not absolving you of that. That is wrong. Jason says uh, assessment task model. I borrowed my friend's model from previous year. Ooh. The teacher said one of the best. I got a distinction. My mate only received a credit. <laughs> the same thing. Um, uh, Noel says long sight twos versus Thornham away. Long sight has one wicket left. We needed two to win. I was facing. I middled it to slip, but <laughs> stood still and the umpire didn't move. No. Their well-respected player asked me with a straight face if I'd middle if I. I lied and said I honestly didn't think I'd hit it. He took my word. Play continued. I hit a four the next ball and we won. I feel worse for lying than uh, when asked than not walking. Well, you've 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 admitted it now, and we'll let you off. This one is quite a worrying one. Stephen Cambridge. I joined the Royal Navy, went into communications, and cheated on my Morse code test. Where's <laughs> that submarine, Brian? Joined my ship without knowing Morse code as a comms operative. <laughs> Got the Morse code? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dash a bit. Dash, dash a bit. Dot. I don't think anyone, maybe no one actually knows it's Morse possibly code. Possibly right. Streaky said, Conkers. I filled one with liquid nails. Ooh. Wow. Oh, like no more nails, that sort of thing. Yeah. I had all the lads off for weeks. It chipped and revealed my cheating. It's funny how seriously men in their 30s take Conkers. Liquid I nails was... is my uh, wrestling name. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. I thought uh, they your only fans name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was manhandled by. <laughs> you make your money. I might I was, do an OnlyFans account. I, I don't really know what it is, but I don't think it's good. It's, it's good 
reference. Is it, is it unsavory? I, believe I think it's, it's people getting their bits out. Oh right, okay. For their only okay. only their fans. How carefully phrased there, Charlie. <laughs> Did, well well done. Didn't I? Yeah. Um, I was manhandled by several of my mates, and not in a nice way. I laughed hysterically. It didn't go down well. And finally, because we'll do. We got loads of these. Matt said, I shaved my legs and I wrote a whole load of stuff on my thighs so I could go to the toilet and check in case it was needed during a university exam. It did didn't work in shave, the end. Did you need to shave? You could have done that under the hair, couldn't you? It would have been even possibly. more camouflaged. Yeah, true. It didn't work out in the end as I still failed. I'm not sure it counts as cheating. <laughs> Just writing maths uh, conundrums uh, and theories on your shaved legs. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Uh, good afternoon. You're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport. Max Rush and Charlie Baker with you uh, until four today uh, on the subject of uh, cheating, apparently. Oh, yeah. Luis Suarez is unconfirmed may have got some help in his Italian exam which he doesn't need to do anyway if he's joining Athleti uh, Neil That's, says which by the way is going to be brilliant oh him and Costa him and Costa the senior owners joy yeah <laughs> and my chemistry teacher helped me cheat on my chemistry GCSE exam by making odd incoherent old man sounds like Roly Birkin from the fast show when he spotted an incorrect answer while casually walking up and down the aisle <laughs> um, uh, you had a lovely one, oh Eddie you? in Sheffield hello Eddie thank you for this we had to do textiles at G GCSE. In this, we had to make a cushion for our final grade. I'd messed around throughout the lessons, so the night before, I bought a cushion from Dunnell Mill. <laughs> and he still got a C. The teacher gave him a C. Doesn't say a lot for the cushions of Dunnell Mill, doesn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Uh, let's uh, talk to a man called Wesley Hamnett, who oh, yeah. is doing something quite ridiculous, which is cycling... Uh, from uh, uh, Glasgow. Glasgow to Manchester uh, on his child's bicycle. Yeah, he said with permission. You're right, yeah. isn't it, Wesley? How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Uh, so explain uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it. So what I've done, uh, I actually I actually finished, oh, finished um, a couple of days back. Yeah, uh, the day before yesterday, I was cycling. Um, I was well, I was meant to be cycling Russia to Manchester. But uh, COVID obviously put that off. So I wanted to try and find something else I could do for charity um, after the last of my grandparents passed away last year. So I wanted to um, dedicate it to them, really, uh, and a few other people um, also. Uh, but, yeah, what I've done is I've cycled from Glasgow, Glasgow to Manchester on my daughter's small pink bike, um, 229 miles in, in total it was. And that is, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, when your seat isn't high enough, the, your knees take an absolute battering. <laughs> how how are they at two days on, Wesley? Do you know what, to be fair, I did make a couple of slight adjustments to the oh, back. Oh, you dirty okay. cheat. <laughs> yeah, no, tell me about it. Mm. Yeah, so I did make a few slight adjustments. Um, but, yeah, it was a massive struggle. I was bent right over. I had my knees tucked in. You know, it was just a case of, like, moving around where I could, uh, as much as I could to stop, you know, the aches and pains and that. But, yeah, I got there in the end, you know, so... I mean, that that was it. It's just trying to remain positive and getting up the hills. I was, I was yeah. thinking, like, yeah, getting up the hills was just... How many I mean, gears on this bike? None. None? No gears. But, yeah, it, it was a case of, I mean, I set out the challenge. When I set out the challenge, I did say I might walk up a few of the hills. It weren't like I have to cycle it. I couldn't, I couldn't literally cycle up every single hill, but I cycled up pretty much every single one. I did carry the bike on a few occasions and, and, and stroll up a couple of them to stretch my legs. That's allowed. I literally, I, I literally asked 
So, yeah, I felt I still felt like I was cheating, though, to be honest. But <laughs> I, I cycled 95% of it, 98% of it. So I'm happy, you know. Were you, um, in, full, were you in full lycra, Wesley? You know, chamois uh, creamed no, up? No, I wasn't full shiny. No, not in full shiny lycra, no. I had my nice Glasgow, uh, Glasgow to Manchester shirt on, you know, promoting what I was doing that I got printed a couple of days before. And it was all a bit of a whirlwind, actually. Last last 10 days has been a bit, um, it's been a bit crazy because I've just, I come up with this plan and sort of put it together and 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 I even missed the train on the morning because it was meant I was too out on the train at five in the morning. I even missed the train going up to Glasgow and stuff, you know. So <laughs> it, it, I, it has been absolutely knackering trying to plan it all and then keep up with the social media because I was doing a lot of stuff on mm. social media trying yeah. to promote it and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it, it's been a mad six days. I even managed to get a detour in and detoured past a place called Cockerham and did a skydive because if it <laughs> you got me in last minute on you the got bike, me in last minute. No, you know. What I would have loved to, but health and safety these days is gone. You can't, you can't go cycling out of planes anymore. It's not like it used to be, is it? Um, and if you can do that for me, Black Knights, if you're there listening, you know, I'd happily come back and do it. It'd be great. Do you, would you say it's, it would be easier to cycle from Russia to Glasgow on a normal bike oh, yeah. or from Manchester to Glasgow great on question. a kid's bike? See, this is the thing that I, I wanted to try and come up with something that was on par um, with Russia, Manchester. And I think this has overdone it. I don't think I could top this because I'm coming up. I mean, my missus must go crazy half the time because you must think, what are you going to come up with next? I've already done, I mean, I've done London, Amsterdam with a bungee jump and a skydive before. Uh, that was the longest ride I've done. So Glasgow, Manchester is actually the second longest ride I've done. Uh, and it was on a mini bike. Uh, Russia would have been the biggest for me. Uh, Russia, Manchester, because mm. it's 1,250 miles. But yeah, trying to think of something else. It's just got to be now. longer distances on smaller bikes, right? It's a yeah, clown yeah. bike next, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've done the clown one. I did the clown one to Manchester. That's sort of where this evolved from. Um, yeah, that was that was eight miles. I'll tell you where this actually originated. It, it came from. I actually put a post up on Facebook because I was doing the Manchester Russia thing and um, I wanted to uplift the funds. So the funds, um, they, they hadn't done too well. Um, so I'd set myself a few mini challenges and I thought, well, we've got this bike in the back garden, little pink bike and under a tarpaul and the kids the kids had trained to ride on it and it had been sat there for a good seven years. Well, it been sat there for a while. They've had it for years. Um, I just thought, how can we put it to some use? So I said on Facebook, like, I want to uplift my Russia funds. If I can raise 200 quid in the next week, I'll cycle to Manchester on this eight mile. Uh, if I can uplift my funds by 400 quid, I'll do it dressed as a clown. Then, lo and behold, overnight, the 400 quid came in because everyone wanted to see it. So, <laughs> and that's sort of where it evolved from. You know, I was rocking my brain the other when was it? It must have been about 11 days ago. I was sat there, I was laid there in bed at night, I didn't sleep. I thought, what can I do? <laughs> you know, and that's sort of where it come from. Then the planning started, the Twitter happened, and then the Manx retweeted one of my tweets because I wanted a load of tweets to do it. Yeah. I should have actually been on a road bike doing this Glasgow Manchester. I shouldn't have had uh, I Legitimately, I could have done it on my road bike, you know, because yeah. I didn't reach the amount of retweets that I needed and the donations didn't come in as much. Uh, and it was literally a last second decision. I was sat there on the Tuesday night last week um, with my road bike ready and this small pink bike ready. Um, <laughs> and it's still not decided which to take. And I was out on the train at five in the morning on the Wednesday so it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit crazy. But how do <laughs> how do people sponsor you, Wesley, if they still want to? 
guys, if, if anyone wants to uh, sponsor me, it's a GoFundMe page. They can follow me on the, uh, my Twitter and my Facebook. It's Wesley Hamnet, spelled W-E-S-L-E-Y. Hamnet is H-A-M-N-E-T-T. Anyone feel free to follow me, donate. And one thing I do want to say is, I mean, I've smashed the £5,000 target now. I'm on 6500 which is absolutely fantastic. But anyone out there with a big social media following and that can help obliterate my fundraising target because I'd love to um, it'd be massively appreciated because these charities you know display much needed care for lots of ill ill people sure. uh, and and that's been massively this year has been massively ruptured yeah, of course. Uh, by COVID and yeah. seeing that first and I'm a, I'm a United Union rep at Manchester Airport you know for, for my company and, and I've seen it first and the devastation it's caused within like aviation and stuff like that um, so yeah, anyone that can actually help me out on this. Sure, we'll okay. we'll take Wesley. We'll take a look and we'll we'll yeah. tweet out as well. And, and you've uh, got to buy your daughter a new bike. Absolutely, as well, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, Tom and Wesley, thanks for coming <laughs> I've on. Had, I've, had, I've had so many people. Thanks a lot for speaking to me. Hey, pleasure. Yes, Wesley. Uh, Wesley Hamlet. There, we'll tweet out all the details. Uh, good for him. And uh, you listen to Hawksby and Jacobs on Talksport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, how many of us do you think enjoy a... Do you enjoy a practical joke? I reckon. No, I don't. Never, okay. never liked a practical joke. Only a quarter of us enjoy a practical mm. joke. Uh, and nearly half know someone who thinks they're funny, but only annoys others. Do you know what... <laughs> <laughs> I can see where this is going. Go on, carry on. Do you know what Britain's top prank is? I mean, I'm not... You know those prank shows? I don't know, but I reckon Channel 5 will be doing a 100 to 1 roundup of it. Britain's top prank is... Jumping out at a friend. Oh, yeah, I love that. Do you like that one? <laughs> if you're in a holiday home somewhere... Right. And you don't know yeah. where, and you, people don't know where they are in the home. Okay. Is that what you do? Is that what you do with your kids? Yeah, yeah. And that's dad son, being yeah. funny. Yeah. If you think three hours is annoying, imagine being one of Charlie's oh, children. That's a lot. The nice. average Brit... How many, how many pranks a month does the average Brit play? 
Four or five a day? Four. Four a day? <laughs> I don't know. Four a month. Who is four. who's who the average four Brit? times a month is putting a you know a bag of flour above the door, <laughs> like a bucket of water for, for Mrs. Rushton to come back? Where do you reckon is the top city for jokers? Liverpool. Sheffield. Sheffield. Oh, your anti-scouse agenda no, no, comes to the fore there. They're just naturally funny, Max, aren't they? Um, Scousers. Anyway, it was done by a sweet company that I'm not going to name because we're pointless. Name this sweet no, I'm company. not going to. I don't even know if it is. A, was I it think, Cadbury's? Because they're the best no, one. No, it wasn't. They're the anyway, best chocolate. Someone called Harriet, who polled 2,000 people, said, "Quote: Here we are. It's a lesson for life. Mischief should be silly, playful, and funny for all, shouldn't it? What a waste of everybody's <laughs> time. It's like Andy Jacobs. What a complete waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not interested. You brought it up. Well, I did. I brought it up, and I think it was a waste of time. Stu Brumhill has been on. Hello, can Stu. we get Can we get Wesley on every week? Wesley yeah. was our guy on the on, on the, the bicycle. Small bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only is an, is he an uplifting presence, but I reckon he would be persuaded to take on any challenge we can come up with. But a, a crester run in a little tyke. Do you know what a little tyke is, Matt? It's one of the Max, one of those little oh, it's like a red and yellow cars. Oh, little like a go kart. Go kart. Okay. Well, it's not a go kart. Yeah. Gareth says cheating story. Oh, this is a bit of a practical joke as well. At school swimming lesson, you got a polo mint if you were the first ready and out of the changing oh, room. That's good. One packet of polos. Like a term, wouldn't it, for the teacher? <laughs> However, Steve always used to win. So I hid his trunks when he was changing in an unused locker and won. He lost the polo mint and his trunks. Oh, that's very <laughs> sweet of you, Gareth, isn't it? Um, I hope Steve has found his trunks in the preceding years. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon. You're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport. Max Rushton and Charlie Baker with you until four this afternoon. Talk Cal- United just released their new kit, Max. Oh, yes. Just, we've been waiting for it for a long, long time. Is it beautiful? Just, oh, it's really beautiful. I'm very, very pleased with it. The yellow and blue, the, the Main All the kit. colours you want for Torquay, really? Oh, yeah, beautiful. But no, don't always go with yellow and blue. And then, and then the away kit is white and pink. It's nice, okay. isn't it? And then the third kick. We need a third kick okay. in the National League. Mm. It's dark blue, Max. Okay. Beautiful. Sometimes when I'm on with Barry and he's telling me a story and I say, save it for off air. No. <laughs> it's got palm trees on oh, it as well. Here just, we I'm just here as a fan, Max. You know, giving yeah, the fans okay. view and fans are excited when a new kit is launched. Great. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, this story in the paper today about Luis Suarez, and even though he looks like he's on his way to Atleti, so he didn't necessarily need to do an Italian exam at all, but d- did he get the exam a week early? Let's talk to uh, Italian football expert and journalist uh, Nima Tavolo. Nima, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, really good. I mean, I presume you don't know if Luis Suarez cheated on his Italian test. It's a, it's a brilliant story, though, isn't it? It's very bizarre. I mean, it's never a dull moment in, in Italian football. The match day one is barely completed, and already we have two gargantuan scandals. Um, one with uh, Roma and their director missing up the uh, an, an administrative error against Hellas Verona, causing them to forfeit the game 0-3. And then he resigns, and now he's on his way to, you guessed it, Hellas Verona to take over a job there. Oh, really? So, oh, that's yeah, tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> that's just one. That, that's the that's the, that, that's the small uh, scandal. The big one is obviously the Luis Suarez one, which is the more you read about this and the more you you listen, the more I, I investigate and, and look into it, the weirder it gets. Um, Salvaggio Sarri yesterday, the who and, and yes, that is his surname, and no, he's not related to Juventus sacked coach Maurizio Sarri. He said so himself during this interview. Um, he's a colonel at the Guarda Finanzia, which is the Italian police department who has jurisdiction over the case. And he told uh, Radio Punto Nuovo yesterday that they started investigating this university in Perugia in, tw- in February 20- uh, this, year, uh, this year. 
due to uh, irregularities or non-transparent activities is what, 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 what he said. And they found out, and, and, and he said that he... Uh, <laughs> He says that they, um, the problems arose when they were faced with a person, Luis Suarez, who had no knowledge of Italian and that he had <laughs> achieved an intermediate level of knowledge, um, <laughs> which, which is brilliant. Now, this, this is uh, so basically what they've done is they've uh, tapped the phones of, a, of people at the university. Uh, as well as a lawyer named Maria Turco, who works in the same office as another person called Luigi Chapero, who's a Juventus lawyer for many years, and that he's, his, his, her conversations with the university director, Simone Olivieri, which are very pretty, you know, which are pretty damning because they're basically saying that, you know, they're saying that they have to, uh, that, that Suarez has to pass the exam uh, in so many words. They say that, you know, Lorenzo Rocca, the, the, one of the lecturers, uh, has given him the exam pre, you know, uh, gave him the exam before, showed him the, the questions before the exam was taken. They moved the exam forward by a week. And, um, you know, and, and, the, and, and the, one of the, the quotes says, he, he, it's not about whether or not he must pass, but he must pass because he makes 10 million net, uh, mm. net a season. So this is pretty serious. And today, uh, and, it's, and it's getting worse and worse by the day because the, in these conversations, the lawyer said that they would divert all, their, all Juventus non-EU players to take these Italian exams because obviously when you, when you have an Italian passport, you have an EU passport, and that means that you don't take up a, a spot, uh, a non-EU slot, which of is course. limited. So this is pretty serious. Juventus, however, on the on the other hand, have argued that they pulled out of the deal with with Luis Suarez two days before the exam, and therefore it was his choice to continue and take it, and that they have nothing to do with this. So, uh, so how many other how many other Juventus players have you know passed this exam and actually may not be able to speak any Italian? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that remains to be seen. I mean, the Italian FA. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very important to 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 say this that the, the yesterday the the Italian police uh, der, uh, colonel at the Guarda di Finanza, di Finanza Police Department said that Juventus are not uh, under investigation. However, the uh, the prosecutor for the Italian FA has opened up an investigation into this to look to look into who's done what. So I suspect that this is this is something that will be a developing story, uh, and it and it just gets weirder and weirder because these um, these these lecturers and people at the university have posted, you know, photos with uh, Luis Suarez online um, and uh, on Twitter, and 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 the story just gets weirder and weirder from there. And then obviously Luis Suarez with his history, um, it's it just the whole thing is is so quintessentially 2020 that. Yeah. You know, it's just weird. And give us a, give us an idea of you know what what te- sort of test is this? Do you just have to order a ham sandwich and a, and a train ticket to Turin, <laughs> or do you have to be you know fluent in Italian? No, it's it is it is uh, it, it's an exam held at the university, so you have to be able to show that you speak the language. And uh, well, and one of the phone tapped for you know one of the phone calls that they the tapped one of the the people on those phone taps says this guy can't even conjugate a verb; he can barely speak a word of Italian, and yet he still achieved an intermediary level uh, at the exam. I mean, it's 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 beyond bizarre. It's it's really bizarre. In a way, cleverer to get intermediate. Rather than just yeah. pass, isn't yeah, it? Because then you think, oh, he must be. Or top marks. Yeah, top marks you'd smell a rat. And if it was just one over the pass marks... It's like when think... you have to do multiple choice and you just pick the middle one. Yeah, if you just go B for everything. It. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been an interesting start in, in, uh, in Serie A, hasn't it? I mean, it, 
we, we've now had a chance to see what type of football Andrea Pirlo is going to play at Juventus. I was really hoping he'd, you know, unlike him as a footballer, he'd play really direct, dirty, long ball football. But it, it turns out he, he might want to play in his own image and play beautiful passing football. Well, it is. I mean, that, it was really, it was quite the debut for him because, uh, I mean, I, I read his uh, dissertation and thesis, which which all coaches, uh, which, which they all publish, uh, the Italian FA, when they give their, you know, before, you know, as part of becoming a coach in Italy. And it's it's very interesting because what he talks about, um, you know, he talks about how he views the game. And it's very interesting because Juve have gone, Juventus' two latest coaches have been a very pragmatic coach in Max Allegri and a hardcore ideologue in Maurizio Sarri. Pirlo seems to be a, 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 a kind of in between there, in the sense that he is an ideologue, but he's also very pragmatic in how to reach there. I think against Sampdoria we saw how he wants to swarm opposition defences with five six players, but but when attacking, but how to get there, the formation I think won't matter. I think that'll that'll change quite a bit depending on who they play and who the who the opposition is. It, it was it was very interesting to see. It was a modern football, and I think it's good for you there. And it's good for Italy to to see them adapt to that swarm, I, I, swarm like war, like wasps at a picnic. Absolutely, you, you, I don't want to start. I don't want to start any rumours that we know for sure that PLO wrote his own thesis. Yeah, no, no, he he does. Yeah, all of them do. Uh, it's uh, every every coach that you know when they when they become a coach they have to hand in a thesis. Uh, oh. Where they, yeah, no, not a PhD thesis, but it basically it's 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 them showing how you know they write an, a long essay about how they view the game and analyze the game and, and stuff like that. So beautifully Italian, that isn't yeah. it? We just never have that. Do you think Piero actually did it? Oh, yeah, of course, I do. Just, yeah, so, yeah. just think, see, like like with the Suarez <laughs> test, someone else did it for him. <laughs> well, well, I mean, come on. To be fair, wouldn't you want to read a thesis written by Harry Redman? Oh, yeah. well, exactly. I, I, like, I want Big Sam's thesis. That's what I absolutely <laughs> yeah. want. Do I. <laughs> <laughs> just quickly on the Zlatan who's what 38 now you know two years he can join the uh, you know he can join the older age team and he scored twice <laughs> in a 2-0 win for AC Milan I was chatting to Nikki Bandini the other day about how you know, she was saying that Milan might have a you know if someone's going to challenge Juventus it, it could possibly be them I, I mean I, I think that you know Give Milan have gone from being a laughing stock just a few months ago to actually being a very serious project and actually looking like they have a project uh, that that can really challenge Juve long term uh, for sure. Uh, now we, we you know with, we, at Milan it's there's there's no question marks. Everyone knows who the boss is. It is Latan Ibrahimovic. He's the one who decides, and everyone else listens because of the breadth of his experience and how much you know. He's one of he's, he's the, he won with Milan. He's, he's the only link they have to that in, in the dressing room. They have to that Milan. But actually won titles um so and then also they've signed some really really interesting uh young players um i personally still think that they need they are they are one or two players missing i think they need a proper central defender and they need a right winger there's been talks of federico chiesa who's being wasted at fiorentina mm. being played uh, being played as a wing back which is ridiculous and we talk about this on the italian football podcast quite extensively that you know he it's, it's really it really is a case of square square pegs and round holes there with him and he's only 22 years old and I think it would be the best thing for him and Italian football uh, and Milan and, and, and everyone if he were to join AC Milan because he would be playing there. Uh, he'd be playing regularly and he'd be surrounded by good, you know, play young, hungry players and they can build something interesting there. I still think that they are, they are, it's a long shot to say that Milan could win the Serie A. 
because I think Napoli and Juve and, uh, and to some extent Inter are further mm-hmm. ahead. But I wouldn't entirely rule it out. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now let's talk about Giant Marrows. I'm oh. very excited to do this and we'll do it with Mark Herschel, former clerk of the course at Sandown Epsom and New Reno. We'll talk a bit of racing as well then. Mark, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon to you. Um, so you, you, you uh, has took. Were you an experienced giant marrow grower, or is this something that you came to during lockdown? And, and clearly, the most important question is: How big a marrow did you grow? Mm. Well, well, I've always had a, a long-term ambition to grow a giant marrow, but never succeeded. And it amused me that we needed, you know, with this awful, depressing time, to have a bit of fun. And so, um, our local postmistress got the seed ex-post Mrs. Tina, and um, we got the plants growing. I must say, mine was slightly disappointing, only weighed in at 28 pounds. And, and the one I'm photographed with actually is, is a ringer, and that was uh, my girlfriend Charlotte. She grew that. Oh, it's mm. Not even your not even yours. Wow. <laughs> Dear, I mean, newspaper lies. That's outrageous. What, why did, I mean... Why did you all? I, mean, that's part I of have me experience that, in this field, Max. I do. Well, I carry on. You sorry, do, I stand you, aside. Sorry, the, the, you do have to have the correct giant seeds, don't you? Which normally come from a, a marrow that has been grown uh, to, to a large, uh, a large marrow before. <laughs> so you get the seeds out of a massive marrow, and you grow a bigger marrow <laughs> from that marrow, expert. basically, yeah. don't you? That's how it yeah. works. Exactly right. Exactly right. And especially, I got Mark from a local farmer, cattle baron Colin Ponting, and now he has been a friend of. Richard Hannans and Mick Shannons for about 50 years. Right. Has always threatened to have a racehorse in training, but somehow has never quite got round to it. Um, now, now, why would... I mean, part of me would like to grow a giant marrow, but, I mean, presumably the thrill of growing it is sort of... It's no different to, to growing a marrow, isn't it? I don't want to get anything wrong here. I don't want to be either of you to dismiss me as, a, as some kind of charlatan. Well, it's a similar process, I presume, Mark. You, you, you well, put the seed in the ground and then wait. Well, well, it is to a certain extent, but I think to grow a marrow of this sort of size, it requires a lot of skill. Yeah. And, and you know, and, uh, <laughs> no, but it's actually fairly simple. <laughs> <laughs> but did you have to keep it warm, don't you? You keep it under certain sort of straw you can keep it under, or...? Uh, you... no, uh, well, I got mine put on a piece of matting, because I didn't, yeah. you know, didn't want to get it too damp. Um, and then Tina covered hers in a blanket because she didn't want it to get sunstroke. Yeah. Um, so uh, no, there are certain <laughs> techniques. Mine just started to grow too too late in the day to be competitive. Ah, okay. You, now, what was do, you know, what, well, you know, what do you have to do next time? Or like, how, how far away was your marrow from really competing at the top level? Uh, two weeks away. <sighs> uh, <sighs> just and, yeah. didn't start pre-season early enough. Uh, <laughs> no, that that's that's a, a, one was a sort of group three, and mine would be sort of group uh, rated about 50 I would have thought oh, right, okay. a long way away and did, okay. you sp- I mean, did you spend a lot of lockdown just looking at the marrow or like, like sort of tending to it oh yeah very definitely uh, <laughs> every morning very exciting you have to look at it last thing at night uh, yeah. oh yeah no, no, this, is, this is deadly serious competition Exactly. Some people suggest you can um, urinate on the oh, well, here we on go. marrow. That is one one way you can do it. I don't know if you did that. That is one no, way to make possibly, it bigger. Possibly wouldn't want mine. Or maybe I should have done that and maybe it would have helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we touch on, on, on race? Clearly very experienced, you know, uh, former clerk at lots of race courses and, and we've talked on this show already and we've obviously talked for the last few months about the impact on lots of sports and Rupert Bell was up at uh, was it Warwick Races and they had a, a test yes, test event and, and now obviously fans can't go in and it's just I don't know if 
we can say anything particularly useful or helpful, but it's just a really sad situation, isn't it? Um, very much so. Um, some courses have already held their hands up in dire trouble. I think Perth has mentioned it. Chairman of Newbury said how, how, how difficult it is for them. Um, I'm involved. I'm on the uh, director of Dan Royal Racecourse in Northern Ireland. Now we come under the Irish funding system. That's been really helpful to us. But nevertheless, it is a real struggle. Um, the only upside is the, that live streaming of racing and gambling on that has, been, has grown significantly over the last few months. And uh, there seems to be a growth in, in, in gambling on horses or regrowth, really, um, probably because we've had consistent racing from the 1st of June. That's really helped. And I must say, I, I, I'm involved with Air Race Course. I went up there for the three-day the tremendous meeting last week, uh, the Gold Cup meeting. And um, it was interesting to see just how uh, well the BHA have done in monitoring people going racing um, just keeping people apart, social distancing. It is frustrating for owners, for trainers, but it means it's kept the show on the road. Every person who was involved with that race meeting went racing, had their temperature taken at the gate, um, and anybody with a slight rising temperature would be turned away. It's been very well monitored and very well run, and I think that's the reason racing has been able to continue. Um, and, uh, you know, we've seen some tremendous racing on, on television and it stuns pride. But it is frustrating and it really is impacting on, on a lot of racecourses' finances that rely on crowds. Sure. Yeah, totally. And, and, and you know, do, do you, some sports are, you know, are asking for government assistance. Do you think the racing world needs it? And would you, you know, shout to the government to get it? I think so. Um, you see, it not only affects those those race courses you know, that say a York or, or Ascot. I mean, they're big, big premises to keep going. Now, their income doesn't just come through uh, race day crowds. Um, it comes from other other businesses. They run um, very successful uh, exhibition businesses, banqueting, conferencing business, which has completely been uh, wiped out. There's no sign of that coming. So they're not only lost the race day income. They're losing the non-race day as well, mm-hmm. which is significant for those types of courses. And um, also the Tesla run from Newton Abbott in, in, in Devon, and they've got a race course there, and the amount of money that brings to a small town like Newton Abbott is, is huge, and of course the town misses out on that as well. Well, uh, at Air, uh, having been involved with Air uh, when I was running it, and, and uh, I, te- um, I still go up for the two major meetings, those major meetings are so significant for the town of Air, Troon, um, Kilmarnock uh, and around there. The hotels would be buzzing normally, the restaurants and pubs buzzing, uh, and everybody's losing out. The taxi drivers losing out, just everybody. Um, the sales of newspapers and news agents, it, it, it ripples through. And, um, uh, and it's, it's, it's just enormous. Uh, people, there were some, some strong owners you know, who come up from Yorkshire to Air, still came up there the, 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 again this year, some of Tim Easterby's owners, some of Michael Dodd's owners. Uh, 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 and but those, you know, they, they were just a handful. They were just about a hundred owners a day at air, and um, it just is. It's just impacting on the local economy, and and it's the same. You know, football clubs, nobody going there, nobody to go to a match pre-season, to pre-match drinks or or partying afterwards or whatever it might be. And it's not just income through the gate. Uh, that is uh, affected sure is listen Mark thanks so much for coming we appreciate it good luck with your marrow 28 with pounds the 28 pounds the biggest ever is 118 pounds oh, so gosh. work to do Mark but we'll be back in touch to see how they grow the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast 
from TalkSport. I do like the vignette section. Oh, is this and now? Is it, it is now, but just before we do, a couple, okay, a couple yeah. of things I'd like outing to point me, out. Like is to it out outing you, me, great. I point out two things that I really enjoyed. Okay. One was when you said, clear the decks, I'm the expert on giant marrows. And then yeah. your question was, to grow a giant marrow, you need a giant marrow well, that's seed. True. Yeah, but you wouldn't know that. You need a specialist seed. You can't <laughs> so, just grow do it you from... Wanna, do you want to grow a cucumber... What, use a cucumber seed. No, if you because want to if, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to grow a giant marrow, right. you need a seed from a giant marrow. Okay, well, it doesn't surprise me where I'd expect no, you, you to where that. I'd expect you get the seed from. You silly okay. people. We had uh, we had the Italian football expert. Oh yeah, uh, 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 Nima Tavolo on, didn't we? Tavoroi. Uh, Tavoli. Tavoroi, like Savoy. Okay, and um, and uh, uh, correction, please, John. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nima Tavaloy. Yeah, so exactly what excellent. I exactly what I said, and um, uh, and uh, he was talking about someone who'd been being played as a wing back a for back. AC Milan. Yeah, Kievi. And uh, and, the you left just, back. and you just went, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, the left back Kievi. Are you are you all right? Then I take it all back. Thank I was you very like, much. There's smoke and mirrors in this industry, and I was like, there is no, I don't believe you for a second. The left back Kievi. He's excellent. I want to go back and check. Really superb. Yeah, of course, of course. It was just the smoke and mirrors. We're all guilty of it going, yeah, hmm. Mm -hmm. Just the nod when someone's talking about a footballer you've never heard of. Just because you fake it, Max, doesn't mean I'm not 100% true. In which case, case, I take it all back. We've got a cup of tea in the break, Max. I'd love with it. A a, a little pack of Cadbury buttons or a little. Dairy milk or something with it. That's okay. what I'd like. But we've just got the tea, so that's nice. Is that just because our, our Saturday show is sponsored by Cadbury? It is indeed. That is the reason okay. why. Hey, look, let's do some vignettes. Yeah, hey, yeah, why not? Hey, look at Maura Higgins. Don't Remember believe, her from... I don't believe you Look at her from Love Island. I don't believe you for a second. Max. Right, who's she? That, we've all done stuff. This is Maura Higgins from right, Love Island. Okay, which series? I'm, I'm the, the one that The it. last one that was allowed to be on. Okay. And here she is. We've all done stuff. We're not... You know, for money, haven't we? Yeah. This is her advertising Greg's, and she's roller skating with sausage rolls <laughs> in her bag. Oh. And she, doesn't she look happy about it, Max? How much? How much for you for you to do that? What? Oh, I've done a lot worse quid? than that. What I've you, done a lot worse. What's the worst you've done? I am in a Sainsbury's training video. Yeah. Uh, dressed as an eight-foot seagull. <laughs> if anyone can find footage of that, if you work for Sainsbury's and you've done the training. I mean, a Sainsbury's what are, they, what are they trying to teach? Kevin the Seagull. Yeah, but what are you trying to teach the Sainsbury uh, staff? Uh, it's, it's if a, an eight-foot seagull comes up and asks... I think where... it's about <laughs> data, keeping data safe. And seagulls, of course, come and nick your chips. Right, don't okay. They? I think... I can't remember. A, a data protection part. Long time Sainsbury's ago. Things. But it was Money Max. So really bad news fed for... Fed my family. I've got bad news for comics and comedians. Oh, oh, more, terrible but more news. bad news. <laughs> I really hate to uh, stick the knife in at this stage, but Fifth Beetle has really just rounded up comedy in a letter okay. to the Daily Star. Good stuff. I totally agree with Terry Ravenscroft today. So-called comedy just isn't funny. What are the audience <laughs> laughing at on shows like Laughing at Live at the Apollo? As for a decent sitcom or sketch show, there hasn't been one for about 40 years. He's right. It's all about non-upsetting the politically correct brigade. All right. There we are. This so is that's, Terry. That's goes, comedy This sorted. is Terry going, I don't find it funny, so it isn't funny. That's what Terry's saying there. I don't find it funny. Right, this is, uh, a, you know, so uh, the Daily Star Letters page is a great place to, uh, so all comedians just give up, all sports pundits yeah. give up to. Brian okay. Linford from Pontefract says, too many pundits in the studio with plum jobs, but some like Gary Neville are excellent. You don't need three pundits analysing a numbing nil-nil draw for eternity. The gantry guys who freeze in the stadium are often better at analysis than the guys in the studio. It's TV, not rocket science. Oh. Eddie Waring, virtually 
actually froze to death analysing the rugby, wasn't diplomatic, and would have sent the studio pundits for an early bath. Lol. A lot, a lot of those letters are, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed I'm not young anymore. The gantry guys sounds mm-hmm. like if they put together, let's say, Tildesley, Matterface... Yeah. And a few of the other guys mm-hmm. from the gantry yeah. on, say, Let's Dance for Comic Relief. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all, doing a, all doing a dance to It's a Heartache. <laughs> Who do you want there? Nothing Motti, but a heartache. Motti, Tilsley, they're all, they're all Barry Davis. Dancing in time. Peter Drury. Fishing okay. news, Max, oh, after yes. yesterday's oh, yeah. success. Yeah, marvellous. Villagers killed and ate a seven-foot crocodile oh, wow. which had bitten and injured a local man while fishing Where in Rayong, Thailand. Blimey. Found the crocodile and eaten it as revenge. Now, uh, research in the Daily Mirror says that um, let's call it special cuddle time. Mm. Uh, after a heart attack, can boost survival chances. <laughs> Surely you would say this what? is not the time. It's not, it's not. I've got a headache. It's. I've had. It, I've just had a heart well, attack. It's acting like one of those clear <laughs> machines. <laughs> well, I mean, speak for yourself. They call me the defibrillator. <laughs> That's a nice name for a wrestler, isn't it? Isn't it? There we are. Um, Previous evidence had raised fears that the excitement could trigger a repeat heart attack. Um, uh, But a 22-year follow-up found that maintaining or increasing uh, levels in the six months afterwards... Right, I see. It's not direct... Let's be clear with this. It is not directly after the heart attack. (laughs) So <laughs> it's not like it's not it's not like I I think he's it's not like Charlie Fairhead. I think he's having a heart attack. Here I go. Quick. Yeah. It's, okay, right. No, I understand, okay. understand, yeah. Uh how much would you pay me, Max, for a three foot German executioner's sword from sixteen eighty five, which was made to sever a head in one blow? They, um, were, they were fed up with the ones doing it in two or three <laughs> okay, blows. I'm not I don't really it's need three foot. I don't really need one, I'll be honest. Okay, but how much would you I'll give you a If it was your area of interest. I'll give you a tenner. No, if it was your area of it's interest. not my area of interest. But if it was. What? I, I, it's, it's a macabre area of interest, isn't it? If I went around to someone's houses, oh, oh, by the way, yes, I collect methods of execution, <laughs> yeah. I would leave the house. That will be some people's thing. Well, I don't want to know them. £7,000. £7,000. pounds Seven grand for the sword. Okay, uh, uh, this, is, uh, some, this is some comedy here. Jake Wilson switched the delivery address on his pal's takeaway order and posted a video of him eating it in Wishaw near Glasgow. Oh, that's, some, that, that's jokes like the old days. Mm. Isn't it there? Here we go. Uh, Crouch's 12-foot bed. How oh, big is it? What sort of size? I believe someone else I've heard done this, talking about done this, this already. Did we do it? Done no, it, they did I it on breakfast. Oh, and dear, I thought, okay. I wouldn't read that out of my... <laughs> 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 what are they doing that for? <laughs> Every paper you pick some... up, Peter Crouch is doing something. These might be someone else's vignettes I've picked up here. I think okay. they were. Do you know, hey, do you, shed of the year, Max. Okay, okay, right. Shed of the year. I'll this give you is, some alien news after Shed of the year. This is Danny Holloway. Hello, is, Danny. He has made a sanctuary. This has been sponsored by Cupronol, the mm-hmm. shed mm-hmm. staining... <laughs> Experts. All right. I mean, there's a lot of men in yeah. sheds. Okay, a lockdown sanctuary built around two living tree trunks yeah. has been crowned Shed of the Year. Yeah. So there's two trees, and he just built it, built it around the trees. Oh, Can you see nice. that, Max? Isn't that yes. lovely? Well done, yes. Danny. Uh, Jim says, uh, uh, Federico Chiesa, right wing back, and none of you actually listening. There we are. Steve says Chiesa. there's an argument lovely. brewing in the, Ma- in the Max Charlie Baker show. He's working every day together, taking its toll. Um, Hannah says, no, ask great. Charlie if you need a giant marrow seed to grow a giant marrow. How did the first ever giant marrow grow? Well, it would be genetic. 
you see them, it'd be genetic, just get slightly bigger, like they make dogs slightly bigger and different sort of dogs, you know, genetics in, another in, in planting. Another area of <laughs> Ask me another. Listen, there. I have, I, I have a four-year-old child yeah. and a 13-year-old child. Yeah. I have n- not stopped blagging knowledge for the last uh, at least eight years. Do you know when you think you're having such a great time, you look through the glass and everyone looks so bored. <laughs> so You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style.